Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Hey, Father's House, it's good to see you this morning, and we're so glad that you're here. I tell you, we just got back from the most awesome staff planning retreat we've ever had in 25 years. And I can hardly wait to share with you some of the things that God spoke to us during that three-day retreat. I guess by now, you've figured out that the church staff is not here today. And the reason being is, on the final day, that we may have been exposed to someone who tested positive for COVID. Because that we love you so very much, we have taken some precautionary measures to ensure everyone's safety as we follow the CDC's recommendations. So... Look at this. No staff members are sick, so don't go posting all the Father's House staff has COVID. No, no staff member has COVID. We're all feeling well, and we'll keep you posted how that the week is going. I'm so thankful today for all of our great teams that's just carried church on like it always has and our pastors that are here today with you. It's, a, it's not a good week for a COVID uh, time for me. It's my birthday. And even the staff got me this nice jacket. Isn't this nice? So I love birthdays. So I have to spread my birthday out to a birthday week, maybe a birthday month. But I'm so thankful that you've joined us today in the house or online. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for this house. We thank you for a wonderful staff. We thank you, Lord, that you're keeping us safe and well, and we're just making sure that the church is safe, and we give you thanks for that. And Lord, I pray today that your anointing would flow through me from this teaching, even to any time that anybody hears it. There'd just be an an anointing from you, God, guard my lips. Help me to say what you want me to say. Holy Spirit, I desperately need you today. In the name of Jesus, amen. I read a story the other day of the once famous baseball player, Yogi Berra. He was traveling to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, uh, with some other players. After passing by the same landmark three times, a fellow player named Joe Gargiola said, Yogi, you're lost. And Yogi replied, yeah, I know it, but aren't we making great time? (laughs) I read that and I thought, wow, that's exactly how I feel sometimes. I feel like, man, I'm, I'm doing good, I'm going fast, I'm getting all these, but then when I look, I'm passing the same thing over and over and over. Maybe not geographically, but in my experiences. You know, at the beginning of the year, we set those New Year's resolutions, we're going to do that, and then all of a sudden, the following year, we've got the same resolutions, and we say, you know what, how am I ever going to get beyond this? I'm making good time, but I'm really not going where I want to go. You need to write this down. This is really important. Everybody ends up somewhere. Truth is, only a few people end up somewhere on purpose. Uh, Say that with me. That's worth saying. Everybody ends up somewhere. Truth is, few people end up somewhere on purpose. Now, here at the Father's House, this year, our word for 2021 is advancing. Advancing. Say that with me. Advancing. Post that on your your, uh, phone there. We're advancing. Advancing. 
We're not going to keep circling the wagons. We're not going to keep doing the same thing over and over, passing by the same landmark over and over experientially, not geographically. But we're going to advance and get some knockout wins in 2021. I'm convinced with all of my heart, listen, I'm convinced with all of my heart, one of the reasons that people never achieve their goals in life or change because they don't set goals. They don't have goals. And if you don't have goals, you don't know where you're going and you don't know if you ever achieve them. Paul said this. You say, well, goal setting is just something business people do. No. It's not just something business people do. It's something that we're to do. It's a spiritual uh, discipline. Here's what Paul says. So I do not run without a goal. I fight like a boxer who's hitting something. He's not shadow boxing, all right? I'm like a boxer who's hitting something, not just the air. Paul said, don't play air guitar. We've got enough air guitar players. Don't just keep messing around. But you want to live your life in such a way that you give God glory and bring Him honor. So in the next four weeks, that's what we're going to be looking at. How do we do this? How do we set some goals for our life that we can pursue that we don't just keep going around in circles? So today, I want to talk about this one. I want to talk about finding, finding our life's purpose. Say that with me, purpose, finding my life's purpose. It's, it's not that you sit down and say, okay, what is my life's purpose? No, it's God, what is the purpose that you want for me to have? So how do we do that? Well, I think the first thing, number one, take notes, write this down, discover and commit to your life's purpose. Discover and commit to your life's purpose. Proverbs 16 and 4 says, the Lord has made everything for his own, what? Purposes. Purposes. I think one of the most common reasons some believers feel unfulfilled, unsatisfied, is because a lack of purpose. So if I don't have a goal that I know that's my life purpose, then I'm going to go here, there, look everywhere. Maybe it's over here, my job. Maybe it's in the world. Maybe it's in that person. Maybe it's in fame. Maybe it's in fortune. And so we never find it. Um, a lot of people, when they try to say, you know, okay, I'm going to serve God, but yet it's like God plus. And, and there was a guy in the Bible by the name of Solomon did the same thing. He was a wise man, loved God, had a heart for God. And he was reaching out for what God wanted to do in his life. But at the same time, in a book called Ecclesiastes, he tells us a story. I'm reaching for God, for the purpose God has for my life. But I also kept dabbling my foot and reaching with my other hand into the world to see if I could find my purpose or satisfaction. And he said, it never happened. So I want to break this down. So get your Bible. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and we'll look at several verses beginning in verse 1. And, and so here's what Solomon is going to say. Here's some things I tried. Tried holding on to God, but yet I tried some other things in the world. You see, the Scripture says a double-minded man is unstable, right? So if I'm not focused completely on God... But I'm halfway there. Yeah, I come to church on Sunday. I say I'm a believer. I, I say all those things. But yet with my other hand, I'm trying to find something, something else. It's never Jesus plus. It's Jesus exclamation mark. That's where we have to be. So here's what he says. 
Pleasure won't satisfy. Look at these verses. Pleasure won't satisfy you. Verses 1 through 3. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself up with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, listen to this, while still seeking wisdom from God, I clutched at foolishness. God plus. And then he says, in this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during a brief life in this world. He said, I discovered that pleasure doesn't satisfy. I had riches. I had huge homes. Not home, huge homes. He had the kind of life that people wish for. I mean, he didn't go to rock concerts. He had rock stars come to his house and do a concert in his house. Second of all, he said, I realized in reaching out for God and reaching out for the world that riches won't satisfy you. How often do we say, well, if I could just win the lottery. No, that won't satisfy you. He said in verses 4 through 9, I also tried to find meaning, meaning in building large homes for myself and planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and others were born into my household. I also had large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had ever lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired many wonderful singers, both men and women. He said, I had it all. If you went to his closet, it would look like the men's department at Nordstrom Rack. I mean, that's the clothes he had. If you went down to his garage, you'd see every kind of car that was ever made. Oh, I'm sorry, every kind of chariot that was ever made. And then he says, illicit sex won't satisfy Illicit sex won't satisfy. And I had many beautiful concubines. Look at this. I had everything a man could desire. Everything. He says, illicit sex didn't satisfy. He said, I had everything I desired. Now, when you study about it, he had 700 women that were either his wives or concubines in his palace. Their job, 700 women every, every day, 700 women got up, got dressed for a sole purpose. Maybe today, Solomon will invite me in, and my job will to be to bring him the ultimate pleasure that he wants. He didn't look at porn. He lived porn. But you know what? You'll never find fulfillment unless you give your heart to one woman in the divine institution that God calls marriage. So he said, fame and power won't satisfy you. Verses 9 and 10. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Look at this. Anything, say it with me, anything, anything I wanted, I'd just take it. I denied myself no pleasure. He said, I, I would just take it. If I wanted a woman, I'd just take her. If I wanted a, a car, I'd just take it. If I wanted a vacation, I'd take it, click, it's mine. You say, wow, that sounds like fun. You know, sin is fun at first. 
but then sin turns on you. There's somebody watching and listening today. You've turned your life over to a desire for more and more of the world. And you thought, this will satisfy me. This will satisfy me. But look at your life. Look at your life where you are right now. You've dabbled in more than you ever thought you would dabble in. And you have no fulfillment. You know why? Because you don't have a purpose. The reason you don't have a purpose is your purpose is not wrapped up in him. People say, well, you know, if I just had that, then I would be satisfied. If I just had that kind of wife, I'd be satisfied. Fame and power do not satisfy. I mean, look at, think about this. Look at the people that we know in Hollywood and around the world that they have it all. Houses, cars, looks. But yet they're not satisfied. I heard an interview the other day, I think it was Tyra Banks years ago that um, Oprah was interviewing her. And here's what she said. Every man that I've ever been in a relationship with me cheated on me. And I'm thinking, wow. I mean, she's a pretty good looking lady. All right. I mean, you know. And if a lady like that would simply say, every man has cheated on me. What she was saying is, you know, I've got all of this, but I've never found that fulfillment. And then he goes on to say, total success won't satisfy you. In chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, I even found great pleasure in hard work. That's some of you, isn't it? You rejoice in your business, in who you are there. You know what? You can actually be moving in the giftings that God gave you, but you make it all about yourself. It's about what I've done, who I am, how much that I have achieved. And you can be right in your giftings, but you're not in your purpose. Your purpose is to give God glory for all of those things that he's given you the ability to do. So he says, I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, and it was meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. So, verses 17, and then also verse chapter 4 and verse 8. So I came to hate life because everything is meaningless and is depressing. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. And in chapter 4, verse uh, 8, he says, it's depressing. You see, total success in the world's eyes does not satisfy. It's like chasing the wind. He was the highest in the land. If he had a political agenda, there was no opposition to his political agenda. But he was still not happy. Some of you think, if I could just get my political agenda through then I'd be happy. Nope. Because you see, you're looking at Jesus plus, and it won't. Wow. He says, I hate life. I don't want to live. I want to commit suicide. Do you know what a recipe, let me give you a recipe for suicide. You have to stay at home alone. Every time you turn on TV or social media, it's hate, anger, fear, and dysfunction. And you get so focused on that, 
you get addicted to those things and you can't get them out of your mind and everything is hopeless and that's why we're watching more and more suicides than we've seen in a long time. People looking for purpose, fulfillment, but they're looking the wrong ways. We have to focus on God, not focus on God and then dabble with our foot in the world. Let's get real. Let's get, let's get real. Let's just be, can we just be real? At times we look at what's in the world, and as a believer, it's enticing to us. You say, oh, no, not me. Come on, get honest. Pastor confession. I see things, and if I admit as a pastor that sometimes some things in the world look very enticing to me, if I just had that career, if I just had that lifestyle, if I just had that body, if I just had that person, if my candidate was in office, no, that won't satisfy. So I feel depressed, not happy. The world is selling us a lie, saying whatever you want, whatever you want. So what, is he, what are we going to do? We've got to fulfill God's purpose for our life. That's the only thing that will satisfy. Would you read that with me? Fulfilling God's purpose for your life will satisfy you. Let's put I in that. Fulfilling God's purpose for my life will satisfy me. I just want to camp there for a minute. That's the only thing. Fulfilling God's purpose for me, for my life, is the only thing that will satisfy me. So here's the clear word. Solomon said, I looked for all of those things, all of those things that didn't work. So he said, I took my hand out of dabbling in the world, and I turned both of my hands toward reaching for God, and I discovered my life's purpose. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. All has been heard, and the end of the matter is, look at this, fear God, which means to revere and worship him knowing that he is, and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full, original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence. Wow. Look at what that says. My priority, my purpose in life, first of all, is to fear God. Fearing God is to honor him. To love him. We could say it like that. That's what we say around the Father's house, love God. My, my, my sole purpose, that's what he's saying here, is to, is to love God, to worship him, and to keep his commandments. What has he said for me to do, for all of us as a church to do? So I want to find that, look at that, and when I do, then I'll be able to find and discover my purpose. Look at this. I want to look at it again. All has been heard, and the end of the matter is fear God Worship him and keep his commandments. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You, Lord, give perfect peace to those who keep your purpose, their, keep your purpose, their purpose firm, and put their trust in you. In other words, discover my purpose and I keep it firm. Firmly in my grasp. Firmly in my focus. The purpose that he has for me. And if I do that, he says, I'll give you perfect peace. My question is, are you making your life about you or his purpose for you? 
He has a plan for you. And your plan may be different than somebody else's plan, but your purpose is still going to be to love God, to, to make him famous, to make him known, to bring glory to him. But you've got to get the world out of your mind. What happens so often, I think, that really hurts us is that we try to compare ourselves to others. Some of you, the first thing you do in the morning is you reach for your comparison device. And you say, well, look at that person. Look, the image that you see there is one that they produced for you to see. That selfie that they took, they tried that 12 times before they got the right selfie. And they put it through a dozen filters. And you pick up the comparison device and you say, well, I don't look that good. If I looked that good, then I'd be happy. No. They are selling you a lie. God says, I've got so much for you. Can you just get your mind off of others and off of the world? Can you stop being consumed by screens? Stop binging on the world. And that's why you feel so empty. You ever turn off your TV after you've watched five episodes all night long of something on Netflix? And then you go to bed. And then all night long, what do you do? Your mind is fixed on Netflix. And all you can see is what you've been seeing for five hours. It's called binge watching. I wonder if we would take some time this week to binge on Jesus. Binge on him. Get into his presence. Fill your thoughts with his thoughts. Not just for his power, not just for his permission, but just to simply say, my purpose will be the purpose that you have for my life. Listen, contentment doesn't mean more. Contentment is not a destination that we arrive when we've had enough. So let's just sum this up, okay? Let's sum this up for God's purpose for your life. And we'll be talking more about this in the next four weeks. Ephesians 1 and 11 in the message, I love this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Not social media, not people that are around you, but in Christ. Long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had our eyes, he had his eyes on us. Listen to this. He had designs on us for glorious living. Glorious living. Glorious living, part of the overall purpose, there it is again, of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and everyone. Listen to this. In knowing him, we discover who we are and what we're supposed to do. He had designs on us for glorious living. Do you know what that phrase, glorious living, means? It means that with everything I do, I'm giving glory to God in the way that I live. That's his purpose for us. That's his design. That if you're a, if you're a, if you're a banker, you, you do banking to give God the glory in the way that you do banking. If you're in sales, you give God glory in the way that you're in sales. If I'm a preacher, I do that, giving God the glory, no matter what it is. It's not about me, it's about Him. So here it is, write this down. It's not in your notes, but write this down. And I'm going to come back for this in the next four weeks. He begins to clarify our purpose. 
And here's our purpose. Write this down. To give glory to God and make him known. (laughs) That's simply our purpose. To give glory to God and make him known. You say, well, I thought he said fear God. Yeah, but when I fear God, what am I going to do? I'm going to obey his commandments. And when I obey his commandments, what am I doing? I'm giving glory to God. I'm living in such a way that I'm making him famous. Jesus sums it up like this. Boy, these are good. Watch this. Matthew 22, 36. The disciples asked, teacher, what's the greatest, most important commandment? Jesus said, read this out loud with me, would you? You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. So he says, first of all, we're supposed to do what? Love God. Say it. Love God. Say it again. Love God. So secondly, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You say, Terry, if you only had one sermon to preach today and then you were going to check out and nobody had ever hear another sermon from you what would you teach that's a great question i tell people about jesus because the bottom line he is the answer to everything so here's my question is your mind on the lord or are you distracted are you giving every day five hours of screen, t- screen time to Insta-sham or fake book? You're not going to find his will there. Jesus is getting ready to go back to heaven. He says, hey, guys, one more thing. You know, I said, love God, love people. Here's one more thing. I want you to go and make disciples. Say, make disciples with me. Love God, love people make disciples. That's his word. And he said, my purpose is to keep his commandments. So if that's something he wants me to do, then I want to do it. And if I do it, I'm going to find my life purpose and I'm going to be excited and happy in what I do. And then Jesus says, and be sure of this, I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Drop Mike, peace, I'm out. And he ascends into heaven. So what does it mean when we talk about my life purpose? Again, let me give it to you. My life's purpose is to give God glory and to make him known. That's simply my purpose. Love God and make him known. Tell others. We say here at the Father's house, how do we do that? We say we're leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And that's exactly what he said when he said make disciples. So so we say this, how do we do it? Here at the Father's house, we say, well... The best we understood at the time is they said, we want to love God, we're going to help people, and build the kingdom. But this week, with our staff alone in a prayer time, God brought these scriptures out to us, and we just felt like, and nobody likes change, right? But we just felt like that the Lord said, I want you to get back to the basics. That's what this year is going to be about. We advance when we get back to the basics. So we said, well, we're going to refocus that a little bit, and we're going to say it like this. We're going to love God, we're going to love people, and we're going to make disciples. And when we do that, we're giving him glory, and we're making him known, fulfilling our life purpose. So whatever you're doing, are you doing it to honor God, 
to love others and to tell them about Jesus? Let me talk to some of you that are watching online or some of you that are in the house today. If you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you allow me to pray, lead you in a prayer today? Would you pray this with me? Jesus, I need you. I believe you died for my sin and you rose again. And I ask you into my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I repent of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. As best as I know how, I want to serve you the rest of my life. And I'm not going to reach toward you and the world at the same time, but I'm going to reach towards you totally. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.